Welcome to another episode of the Relax Just Love podcast, vegan edition. I have the pleasure to be sitting with Maxim Sigourn. He is a vegan fit coach, and he wants to make carbs great again. What's going on, man? What's up, man? How you doing? Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I'm very happy, man. It's uh, like we were talking just before we started recording. We were talking in French because we basically come from the same place, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Maxime Sigouin is as French as they come, right? Yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what made you leave? Because that's what we were talking about earlier. You've traveled a lot before you ended up in uh, L.A. because you said you're in L.A. now, but you started in uh, a small, well, a small town, a city near Ottawa, Ontario, which is called Gatineau. But you said yeah. you were traveling a lot. So what made you leave? Um, the... The desire to want to do something new and something bigger. Um, I just, you know, I actually, before Gatineau, I came from Bristol, which is like in the country, um, like maybe an hour away from Gatineau. Farm kid, you know, we had 140 acres of land, chickens, cows, like, you know, we, opposite of veganism, like we killed our own meat, like our own chicken, all that stuff every year. And just grew up on the farm, bailing hay and shoveling cow shit and gardens. And just, you know, <laughs> that that's how I grew up. And there's always a desire inside of me that like, this is not what life is. There has to be more to it than just like working manual labor and like going to school and seeing my parents work. And I just never connected with that. And so when we, when I, when I was old enough out of high school, I was like, you know what, like I'm not connecting with this whole journey of like me having to go to college and I hated school and I hated just sitting in a classroom. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to try something different. I dropped out of school, tried a bunch of different things. And then uh, one day, I don't tell that story often. One day I was on Tinder and then I connected with a girl <laughs> and I went to her house and she was like, we watched a movie, which was uh, The Secret, right? And at the time I was in debt because I had bought a car and all that. And it was like, think about an amount of money that you want and you'll attract that amount of money or you'll like see more opportunities to make that. I was like, well, I need five grand. This is what I need. And so I was, th I was thinking 5,000, 5,000. And then one of my friend messaged me from Alberta And she's like, hey, you know, working construction here, making $5,000 a month. I was like, that's crazy. That's my number. All right. And at the time, I was very, um, I was very stuck in a routine. I was competing in bodybuilding. I was like 240 pounds, eating six meals a day, very regimented. It was like a big ass dude. Yeah, I was, yeah, I, was uh, I, used to, I used to compete in bodybuilding. And, and I was like, well, $5,000. She just said the number I want. I'm not going to do anything about it. That's crazy if I was to act on that. So I just let it go and I keep thinking about it. And then another friend of mine is like, Hey, I'm in Alberta. My boyfriend lives here. He works on the rigs. He makes $5,000 a month. I was like, you know what? For the first time in my life, let me just follow this internal desire that I have and do something about it. So I sold everything. Didn't really tell my parents that I was just selling shit in my room. <laughs> sold my bed to my brother. I was like, don't tell my mom and dad. And then just kind of got rid of everything. And then like a few days before Christmas, I like, I bought my flight and I was like, Hey, I'm doing this. Like I just have my backpack and I'm flying to Alberta to stay with a friend. I'm just going to figure it out, but I feel like I need to go, um, which started like a very long journey of, of hitchhiking, living in cars with friends and meeting new people along the way, which brought me to, obviously I traveled all of Alberta, made a friend from Germany, lived in a Dodge caravan, traveled all of BC, Vancouver Island, was modeling at the time, booked a contract in Milan, Italy. They flew me to Italy went to go live in Italy and then went to Germany and then went back home to my parents 
and I went to Montreal, which was crazy. I, I lived with my parents for like two weeks and I was like, I've been living on my own for so long. Like this sucks. I can't do this. So I hitchhiked from Gatineau to Montreal and I get there and I was like, this is kind of a cool town. Like I'll stay here if I get a job. I go to the library, print my resume on the first day that I got there. I go to Roots, like the clothing store and they hired me on the spot. So I lived in Montreal for six months. And then I think I flew to Vegas for a conference then decided to go in LA because I was right there. Had a flight book to go back to Quebec. My heart was like, stay in LA. And it was like over seven years ago. And I was like, you know what? Canceled my flight. Lived in LA as long as I could. Eventually looked at my bank account. Had $100 left. The only flight I could afford was Vancouver. Um, and so I went to Vancouver. Stayed on couches. Stayed on the floor. Like wherever I could. And then built myself back up. And Vancouver has this really interesting energy where... Um, like there's a lot of, there's a mixture of like people being really broke and people being really successful. And I was seeing all these kids like driving like Lamborghinis and Ferraris. And I was like, Ooh, I want that. I don't come from money. And I come from like traveling with no money. I was like, I'm going to make Vancouver the city where I make it. And so I stayed in Vancouver for five years. Um, and it's just been a crazy journey uh, of me being over there. And in my definition of making it, I made it in Vancouver. Um, and then just went to Mexico and then now I'm in LA. Yeah, it's kind of like a short version, which was really long. <laughs> oh, that's that's a beautiful thing because you said something that absolutely speaks to me because I see the world the exact same way. You listen from what I see, there's two things that you said. First, you visualize what you wanted, and somehow it manifested itself. Mm -hmm. And then second, you took a chance by listening to your heart because after you visualize it, after you know that it's there, you got to follow your guts. Call mm -hmm. it your heart, call it your intuition, call it your gut. However you want to call it, it's irrelevant to me, but you followed your instincts and you went for it. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It takes, uh, it takes balls to do that. Most people don't have the guts to do that. They know that they have certain skills or at least they believe they do, but they're so scared to follow their own intuition that they mm -hmm. never go for it. And then 20 years passed, they're older, they have kids, they're stuck in a routine where they're unhappy. It's, you're not going that route. That's for them, sure. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't necessarily have any skills. I just, it was just like, I need to do this and mm -hmm. figure it out. And also fully understanding that I was what, like, fuck, like 20 years old, yeah. right? I have nothing to lose like shit hits a fan i just moved back with mom and dad and so knowing that i have nothing to lose i went all in on it mm -hmm. and i've kind of just been doing that from the start but every time i try something i get new skills and i get better and i get smarter so like the the standard at which i perform gets elevated and so i therefore accomplish more with all the risks that i'm taking have you ever heard uh you've heard of thinking grow rich the book yeah um there's a you've read it have you many many years ago long time do you remember the principle about burning bridges where if you have a dream make it so that you cannot go back to what you have right now just if you believe in your dream invest 100 in it and make it happen don't give you a choice to fail we, yeah <laughs> which is kind of how i started my my mm -hmm. current company is off that principle Explain to me, because right now you went from being a 20-year-old bodybuilder at 240 pounds, traveling the world, and now 
You're what? How old are you? Uh, 28. 28. So it, it was eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And you're clearly not 240 pounds anymore. I wouldn't bet. You're <laughs> no. under 200 pounds for sure. Yeah, I won 90. Uh, yeah. So you went from all of this, from sleeping to couch to couch to couch. And now we were saying, uh, we were talking before the podcast that you have your, you have your own company. You're yeah. 11 people working. Yeah. You're doing this full time and it doesn't matter where you are in the world. You can continue to operate. How does it feel? Feels great, man. I, I've uh, been after this, I would say my whole life, mm-hmm. but you know, hasn't been a long time if there's someone that's 50 that's listening. But from, from the start, there's always been this, this desire to want to help the world. Um, and it feels amazing to know that I can do that. And with my specific background, with kind of like my my story and of what happened in Vancouver with my partner at the time. Um, yeah. I'm just very grateful to, to be in a position that I'm in. What's the advice you'd give somebody that has a dream, but that doesn't know what to do. What would be your advice? Imperfect action. Say that again. Imperfect action. Mm. As the thing that was like limiting me the most at the start. I was like, I need to make sure that this is the exact right decision. I need to know exactly that when I make this decision, I, I will know in my head what the next thing will be. And then I'll know how to deal with it. And every time I've had great things happen in my life, I just made the decision. And then whatever came up after, I just dealt with it. And I became really fucking good at dealing with whatever was next without ever knowing what was going to be next. And I think that's the skill is taking imperfect action and dealing with it after. That's... Uh... That's absolutely beautiful. It's my apologies. It's there. There's a book called The Lean Startup, and mm-hmm. it's a marketing book. And the guy explains about exactly what you're talking about. He explains how we spend way too much time trying to be perfect. Instead, put um, the most put the most basic product that you can put out there, mm-hmm. and let the people tell you what's wrong with it. You'll never yeah. figure out everything that's wrong with your product or let, let's not lie to each other. We're on Instagram. So we are the product. Yeah. Put yourself out there, try it out and deal with, deal with what comes back. That's pretty much what you're saying, right? Yeah. Just, just testing, man. My, my initial program when I started the company is way different than what it is now. Right. I just, yeah. Feedback from people like, Hey, we like this. We don't like this. Great. Let's just change it. And then here's a new iteration of it. And they're like, we like this. We don't like this. Awesome. Just, just keep reiterating until it gets better and better. It's, uh, I think it's one of the hardest thing that people have is to take criticism. It's, mm-hmm. it's one thing I always look for. Like I remember I gave a presentation to 50 or 60 people last year and the boss of my boss was on the call. The first thing I did when I hung up is I called him and I'm like, what would you have to say? If there's, if you could criticize the way I gave this presentation, what would you say? And the advice he gave me was great. It was just a single word. Let's stop saying, I'll be honest. Cause we say that all the time. Like it's a very common expression. And he he's explaining to me is if you need to specify that you're honest right now, that means that normally what you're lying, you're not honest. So mm-hmm. how about you just skip that little thing and just say what you have to say with confidence. Yeah. But you have to have the self-criticism. You have to be able to take criticism from people and when we're talking we're not not talking hating we're talking about people that have a valued 
criticism. That's let's make sure we agree. But someone that's slightly higher up than where you're at that can give you valuable feedback. Valuable feedback. Thank you. That's the word. That's exactly what I was working for. The is that something? Is is that a skill you've always understood, or you had to, you've had somebody teach you that? Oh no, I fucking hated it. My ego was <laughs> so hurt every step of the way. Every step of the way, my ego was hurt. I was like, oh, I thought I did a really good job, and then they come in and they say something, and then you're just like, oh shit, you know. But at the end of the day, I never, I decided to never let that stop me as much as my ego was hurt every single step of the way. And then the more internal work that I did. Um, then the more my ego was kind of like, okay, like, it's fine. Like, it's not me personally, it's the approach and how, you know, like me as a person, I know who I am. And so if I deliver a speech or a message and there was something that could have been improved, it's not me personally, it was a delivery that needs to be improved. All right. So I, not taking it personally. And also um, I told you like from doing modeling and going to Italy and all this stuff, like that taught me a lot about feedback and criticism because you go into a casting, you have 15 a day for like three months straight. And they're like, you're too fat. This is too big. This is too skinny. Your eye looks weird. And like, just, they just, they're bashing you every casting and they say, no, 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 no. And then you live off those like one or two jobs that people say, yes, we want to hire you, but it's not based off like you as a person, it's like physical appearance, which when we give feedback to people, they take it as if we're criticizing their physical appearance. It's not what they're doing. It's just, you know, feedback on the deliver feedback on the method that you use never it's never attacking you at your core but again see i take it a bit differently i still say i still see it as a personal criticism but i'm okay with that because i'm mm -hmm. not perfect i'll never be perfect it's never your opinion if i value your opinion it will i will listen to you but if i don't eh, whatever i don't really care what you have to say mm -hmm. but how how would you say that helped because being criticized on a physical aspect, that's brutal. Being yeah. uh, in front of people and they tell you, yeah, your eyes look messed up. You're, you're, you don't have enough ass or you have too much ass. Your legs yeah. are messed up. Your biceps are not big enough. How was that? Uh, it was hard, man. It taught me a lot about myself. And it, it really forced me to develop my personality and me as a whole. Um, because like, I already had started this journey before I went on it. Because I was, like, I was 240 pounds bodybuilder and they're like oh it's going to high fashion modeling now you have to lose 80 pounds to be able to fit in the clothes because you're too big to fit in any of the clothes so then me going through a process of losing my muscle which originally i became a bodybuilder out of insecurity being a young guy it's like i can't talk to girls i need to be big like the guy in the magazines and all that shit so i did it as a way to kind of like help make me a bit more confident and then having to lose all of it to step into modeling i was like fuck like this is my identity i'm the big guy and I was like, oh, uh, who am I if I'm not the, the muscular big guy in the group, right? And I had to start working on myself and then going into modeling. I already had started that process before. So it was a lot easier to deal with. Definitely a harsher environment where it messes with your head if you stay in it for too long, which is one of the reasons why I left. Because it's not a healthy environment to be in all the time. So you mean psychologically it's, it's hard to deal with? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like that, that was one of the main things, like my teeth are crooked, right? Like my front teeth are crooked and they're like, you need to fix those teeth. And you need like, whatever, was like 15 grand to fix your teeth. I don't make 15 grand from modeling. These cheapos, they just want to give you exposure and then they don't pay you. So I was like, well, you know, I, I'm, I can't smile in my, can in my photos because high fashion, they don't want you to smile. I was like, I like smiling. I'm a really happy guy. And that's when I was like, you know what? 
screw this world. I'm just going to go build my own world. And that's when I started building my own brand. So and instead of like trying to conform to people, I was like, eh? You don't care about smiling anymore. I, I see you on your pictures. You're always smiling. You don't care. Always, man. Yeah. That's why I wanted to build my own brand. Fixed either. Nah, man. I like my crooked teeth. <laughs> you know, I didn't have a choice. I spent 10 or 12 grand fixing them, but I, I have a martial art background. And I okay. always, like my teeth has, has been broken so many times. Half yeah, of yeah. the front teeth are not even real. They're just, they keep on fixing them and fixing them and fixing them. But it's, it is a shallow world we live in, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I can understand though. I, I don't, on a, on a modeling perspective, I can understand why they're that harsh though, because you are, they don't, mm. you're not there for your personality. They're there for what you look like. And society has a specific look to what fashion is, right? whatever whatever is trending for that year whatever look is trending for that year is what's popular like the years that i was in it it was a like a 12 year old boy look like really like skinny look but i was 20 man i came from a bodybuilding background i was thick (laughs) i wasn't like a 12 year old boy and i'm 6'4 too right so like yeah so it's just whatever was in like in style that year is what people wanted next year was something completely guys with beard and long hair Right, it always it's always changing, and I don't think you're capable of growing a beard either, dude. I'm 28. Look at this. <laughs> dude, I'm almost 40. I can't grow a beard either, so no worries. Yeah, I don't dude, skills. I, yeah. So like, like was, I have baby face. Was that? I said I have a baby face if I shave. Is that yeah. <laughs> so you at your weight, you shave everything. You could look like a 12 year old boy now. Sure. <laughs> probably now yeah because i'm skinnier <laughs> how does it feel how does it feel to lose 80 pounds because that's a lot of weight jesus 80 pounds how does it feel do you miss the muscle um no nah, i don't man honestly that was the best thing i could have done uh in terms of like building me as a person yeah. because i would i would have been I don't think I would have had the the drive to want to work on my personality and do self-development if I was just like, I'm just going to identify as, as this big guy. And so now I was like, well, who am I if I'm not this pack of muscle? And then through my life, I've been through different iterations. Like one of them was I can be Ironman for a long time, right? And I did a lot of triathlons. And that's kind of also what kept me skinny. Um, and then I started to identify with that. And then when I got that, I was like, who am I if I'm not a guy that trains for triathlons, right? So there's always like that, that new version of myself. Are you a spiritual person? Yeah. I figured as much. If you traveled quite a bit and you've been to Mexico, you've met some uh, interesting people, that's for sure. What's... Um, Definitely. So you're not a religious person, but you do, but you do consider yourself spiritual, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So where did that start? Where did the, that, because all the things you're talking about seems to me when you're talking about developing yourself, not your outside shelf or mm-hmm. outside shell, sorry. Normally it's attached to spiritual awakening. What happened yeah. on that side? What, what did you meet someone? You read a book, what happened that made you start looking inwards instead of outwards? Yeah. Um, so I, I grew up Catholic my okay. whole life i was a guy serving mass i had my white little robe and walking down the center with my friend and you know 
And uh, eventually when I moved out to Alberta, I connected with my uncle um, and I lived with him for a bit and he was Christian. And I was living with him and I became Christian. And so there's still a part of me that was like still attached to the idea of, of God. Um, and then when I was living in Vancouver, um, I met uh, my, my fiance who um, unfortunately passed away at the beginning of this year from breast cancer. And her whole journey was spiritual, like a lot of spiritual experiences that were had during that time of our life for five years. And that's one of the reasons I went to Mexico was for me to take time for myself and, and heal and discover more and dive more into that. And then I've had some really powerful experiences when I came to LA as well. Uh, my condolences about your, about your fiance. That's, that's one of the Thank things you, that's absolutely brutal. I'm sorry for your loss, man. Thank you. When, uh, can I ask you a very personal question and feel free not to answer it. Okay. But when, <laughs> when you were down in Mexico, did you, uh, did you, uh, happen to try something that's called ayahuasca or psilocybin mushrooms? Did you get to play I, around a bit? Um, I'm very familiar with psilocybin. I've never done ayahuasca. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But you've tried, you, you've done psilocybin down in Mexico, right? Uh, not even in Mexico, here in LA. Surprisingly, nothing in Mexico. There was no, like, Mexico was a very odd experience in comparison to what people think, like, you would go and do in Mexico. For me, it was just, like, just me being by myself and just relearning to be by myself and being with me. Um, so that's what Mexico was for me. And when I came to LA, just connected with some really great people that put me in contact with some other great people um, that led me to have some really cool experiences that uh brought a lot of healing and completion in my life that's a good that's a good journey because it's one of the hardest things for people is to spend time by themselves to get to mm -hmm. know who they truly are because not a lot of people want to face the mirror mirrors don't lie if you're you stand up naked in front of that mirror it will reflect exactly what you are yeah it's pretty fucking scary It is, I know for me, it was the, the scariest experience of my life, but I, I have two lives. I have my life prior to that, and I have my life after that. Like, it's really mm -hmm. something that defines you as a person when you get to understand who you are, who you've become, because life goes on and people never take the time to sit down and contemplate what they've become. Mm -hmm. Why... Yeah why did you do it? Was there something inside of you that, that told you you had to take the time off and just go on your own? What made you do it? Um, me honoring the process of grieving is what made me go down that path. I, I gave myself one rule, um, which was to be present with every single emotion that would show up. Because from being in the cancer world for a long time, knowing that the body keeps score, which is a great book, by the way, Um, trapped emotions in the body, like that should affects you as much as like eating unhealthy food. Um, and having dove into that world and just reason, one of the main reasons, like I'm still vegan and believe that much more in, in it. And um, is seeing how trapped emotions, trauma can affect the body. I was like, I'm just going to be present with everything. If I need to cry, I'm going to cry. If I need to laugh, I'm going to laugh. If I'm going to be happy, I'm going to be happy. If I'm going to be depressed, I'm going to be depressed. If I need to punch a wall, I'm going to punch a wall. Like whatever shows up, I need to just live it and that's what led me to be like i need to go to mexico because uh, i went there to spread her ashes because it was her favorite spot in the world so i went there and then just decided to 
just to stay there longer because it felt right. I had no reason to go back because again, I was working online. So I was just being present with every step of the way. And that's just what I've been following since then. Being mindful. Yeah. It is the most beautiful skills, you, the most beautiful realization that you can have. Is it is, man. Everything changes when you live for the moment, not for what happened or what might happen. Because the only thing that's true is the moment we're having. The moment we're having right now together mm-hmm. is the only thing that's actually true. Only thing that's real. There's nothing more real than what's going on right now. Yeah. And it good makes for it you at, last Good for you at forever. your age. It, it's you, rare that people realize that that young. I wish I realized that at your at your age. Good on you, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's been a very wild journey. It is. Um, it's something that I that that I think about quite often about living your emotions. That's mm-hmm. another thing that we seem to be ashamed of. Yeah. If if you're sad, cry. If you're mad, punch a wall. If you're happy. Just be a kid. Who cares? Nobody. Just do you. Just do you. Live your emotions. You're, you're never going to win against your emotions either way. So might as well let them mm-hmm. be and try to understand where they stem from. How yeah. do you still live like that now? Do you still think? Yeah, about- of course. The, I still 100% follow that rule. And it's, you know, it's been almost nine months now. And I still follow that rule. Um the main thing that I found challenging and I want to, to share that is I think living the emotion can be painful, but I think what's really, really hard is dealing with people's expectation of how you should be reacting in a certain situation. So me being online and being like, I'm actually really happy in Los Angeles and I feel really good. And I met some really great people. And then people seeing that I was like, no, you should be sad and grieving and be depressed right now. Like, not necessarily, even if I don't know those people, the, the comments, the messages, like having to deal with that, the energy that is there is exhausting. And I like, that's the things that I'm trying to not let affect me and my ability to just live out my emotions. Right. I think a lot for a lot of people, it's like, well, I want to be happy, but like, you shouldn't be happy right now. Your life is shit. You should be depressed. I right? like, why can't you just be happy right now? And if you feel sad later, feel sad later. So dealing with other people's expectation of how we should respond that's 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 a challenge it is a challenge but i think piece of advice for you i think what you need to keep in mind is that they don't know you they don't know where you're from they don't know Mm -hmm. your 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 journey most people will never understand what it is to live their emotions to really have raw emotions just yours you know my girlfriend can always tell my mood sometimes i start dancing for absolutely no reason i'll be doing something and i'm dancing and i'm i'm singing and i forget there's people around Mm -hmm. i'm just i'm in my head i'm in my i'm just i don't question myself anymore if i feel a certain way you know what let's do it i don't care yeah if there's certain emotions you don't live in public in my opinion like you need to have restraint if you're sad sometimes it's better to be sad by yourself like that i I think you understand what i mean you don't need to affect other people's emotions but yeah it it's it's unfortunate but you're putting yourself out there you're online people have feel they have the right to tell you what you should and shouldn't feel although they have no clue what they're talking about yeah yeah it's it's the the pulling back from that online i definitely pulled back 
and it's like the the family members and all these things so but no, i totally understand what you're saying and i there's years of practice behind that wisdom right i i'm definitely like know that i'm a rookie in that space and i know that with time it'll get better and for now i'm just like i'm finding ways to internally manage it but that's the first step which are well sorry I, I, it's not the first step. It's like the fourth or fifth step, what you're doing right now, but it is absolutely beautiful that you are recognizing it for what it is. Mm -hmm. It is not you. Those people are not you. Those people don't know you. Those people feel they have the right because it's a somewhat open platform and they're hiding behind a screen. So it's very easy to give your, your opinion on everything when you don't have to face that person face to face. So very easy to give your opinion. And a lot of people are just simply frustrated, right? Mm -hmm. If it, you know, there was a, there, there's a saying, if you don't have any haters, it's because you're not doing that great. Yeah. Get lots of them or I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, that's a beautiful way to see it because you're changing people's life. Like people take it, people will take it for less than it is, but you're affecting people's life in the best way. Like if you, if you can change somebody's self-image mm -hmm. the way not the way they look in the mirror but the way they perceive yeah. themselves you will change everything in that person's life that's one of the most basic thing you can do is see yourself for what you truly are not for what other people tell you or your big muscular guy or you know what i mean identifying i identified with my job for so long until I realized that my job is irrelevant. It doesn't matter that my job does not define me as a person. Mm -hmm. You're 230. Long time to get there. Well, it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. I'm 39 years old and I have no education. I have balls and dedication. This is what I have. Yeah. And I got to the top of my field with sheer determination, not with, not with education. Mm -hmm. But to realize this year during COVID that I'm like, okay, but hold on. The job that you are so proud of having, that's your ego talking. You're feeding your ego. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with anything. It doesn't make me a good person. It doesn't define me as a person either. But it's a hard pill to swallow to realize that after almost 20 years of work, you end up in a place where you're like, damn, it's almost irrelevant. Yeah the skills that came, the skills that I've acquired, and I know that you've acquired to get where you're, where you're at right now are the things that matters really, because those things you will keep with you your whole, your whole life, but your title, your job title, the 240 yeah. pound of muscle that you have, that can be taken away from you like this. Yeah. And that's, that's the part that I'm the most, I can swear, right? I think I already swore a few times. Oh, you already. can swear as many okay. fucking time as you fucking want. No problem. All right, cool. That's the thing that I'm most fucking excited about is yeah. like, if ever knock on wood, <laughs> shit goes to like, everything goes to shit. I know exactly how to rebuild it even better and faster. And I'm so excited about that. And so like, that's why I'm just, you know, acquiring those skills because those will never leave. No, they, they become part of you. They're, it, it, see, that's another thing that a lot of people are scared about is failure. It seems like failure is such a bad word. Like for some specific reason that I've never understood, the average individual believes that success is a, dial, dial, uh, a dialogue, well, 
a, une ligne diagonale. Uh, like a diagonal. It's, <laughs> it's a diagonal, diagonal line. Diagonal lines through yeah. time. It's a perfect line through time. I start here, and if I go, it's going to go perfectly to the top. The more time I put in, the more money I'm going to make. Yeah. But when you look at a journey, that's not how it looks at all. It's like, and it goes all over the place. How do you, um, have you learned to deal with failure? Is that something that you're becoming comfortable with? Yes, definitely. But not at the start. Because yeah. until I had, I always obviously had fear of failure. Like but until I had a certain level of success, until I got to that point, And I was like, oh, I see the game now. Like the more I try and I fail, the more I get to learn something that will make sure that I don't do that same mistake, which is going to bring me further. And then I just see it as like this massive video game at this point. It's like, shit, like, all right, let me try this. This didn't work out. Or what did I learn from it? Great. Let's just apply it so we can go to the next level, next level. And so I don't say that I look forward to failure. It sucks every time, but there's always a valuable lesson. It's like, okay, let me just get the new skill and the new knowledge that I need to go to that next step. Yeah, so I just see it as a game. I just see life as a game right now. And it's so fun. Life is a game. Life isn't real, man. There's yeah. there, there's nothing much you'll take with you if you believe that something happens when you die and you go somewhere else. None of this shit is real. It's you're not bringing any any of that shit with you. Mm-hmm. So might as well play with it. You know yeah. the expression of, "Do you grow old?" What is it? Do you? stop playing because you grow old or do you grow old because you stop playing? Yeah. I know you're 28 years old. You're like, you're still a kid, but keep on playing brother. That's not only is it going to make life more interesting. It's going to make life happier too. You seem like a happy guy. And I just, I, in a, I don't know how to say this in, in a right way. So there's no right way of saying it, but I, I went through the, in my opinion, some of the hardest shit you can go through with a partner in a lifetime at 28. I mean, I was 22 when all this started, right? I was 22 when I met her. And so like, I, I know that it was a beautiful experience. Me and her got to learn a lot and grow a lot together. And that, you know, she, she wouldn't want me to, to be sad. She wanted me to keep pushing because she knew the mission that I had. And so I owe it to myself and to her and to the whole world to do what I need to do to make sure that I fulfill on that. And so if, I did, if, if, if I'm depressed and I go down and I be down on myself, how can I accomplish that? All right. So I owe it to myself, to the world and to her to be my best fucking self and to help as many people as possible. Have you ever given yourself credit for staying with her and being there for her while, because now you're saying, she died at the end of, the, of this year. So you must have been 27. So you were together for five years. Mm-hmm. And from the sound of it, it started pretty much at the beginning. Like she started having issues. Three months in. And you decide to you decided to stick around to be there for her. Mm-hmm. Have you ever reflected on how much how much uh, strength, how much strength that needs to be able to do that to someone? How much gratitude she probably had for you for sticking around because three months in i don't know a lot of people most people would have just like sorry too much trouble i'm out yeah um i didn't up until three months ago i had a a beautiful ceremony that got me to realize all this (laughs) and just give myself a whole lot of love (laughs) it's i don't know if you notice what's right there what's right there behind yeah 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 i saw it i was looking at it earlier yes it's 
it's a beautiful realization. We we don't take, I don't think, I know I'm terrible at it. And I'm that's one thing I'm always working on is giving, recognizing where I come from, recognizing where I am, recognizing what I've accomplished, but also take gratitude in the people that I've helped and the people that have helped mm-hmm. me at the same time, right? Yeah, definitely takes um, a, a, a special moment or for you to actually really like put intention into taking the time to do that, which I didn't for a very long time. And that's why like that was kind of a, a situation where it was kind of presented to me, right? And then I took the time and I was like, you're fucking awesome, dude. Good job for like being there, you know? <laughs> Beautiful, man. It's, you're, sky's the limit. With a mindset like the one you have, sky is the limit, brother. Good on you. Very, very interesting. Very, very happy I uh, I approach you for a podcast. It's, yeah, I'm you happy you did, man. Mind, man. You have a beautiful mind. Thank um, you. I want you to explain your hat before we, before we stop this podcast. I want to know your, where does the hat come from? I know it's not a political statement. We've been through yeah. this already. Um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of shock people a little bit. Um, so obviously being plant-based and eating high carb and the whole fat loss industry telling you that you like, you can't lose weight and get lean while eating high carbs. Like it's like the plant-based options that have the most amount of vitamins and nutrients are foods that are high in carb. And so we're basically being like, Hey, don't eat all these vitamins and nutrients because carb will make you fat. Big believer. You can have both. So I got this hat specifically made to just like be in people's face a little bit and confront people about their belief and just, you know, stir the pot a little bit. <laughs> oh, what's your split. If you look at your macros, what's your uh, split on carbs, like 45%, 50% of what you eat. Uh, man, probably closer to like this 60, 70. I'm, I'm up oh, there. Jeez. Yeah, I'm up there. Like throughout my whole my whole cut that I did for like Tulum, where I got like super shredded. Yeah, I was around the like 60 to 70 mark. And how so what's your split? So you're what 10% fat and 30% uh 25, 30% protein? Well, I don't do it by a percentage. So protein, I go like 1.2 to 2 gram per kg of body weight. Yeah. And then the fats, I just try to like, I don't know, like 50 grams. I keep it around like a, a minimum, like 50 to 60. Some days it's higher, some days it's lower. Like I just basically just focus on calories and protein. Um, And I've done that like several times over all my transformation, like the split in carbs and fat didn't really make that big of a difference. Um, So I just eat high carb, see what's good, what makes me feel really good. And then whatever fat ratio it comes down to, but like the average tends to be around that, that percentage for carbs. That is very high. Wow. 60 to 70% carbs. That's, that's a dream for me. I should try that. (laughs) that's pretty nice i love carbs yeah it's pretty good (laughs) i want especially i want to put back weight like i i thought i was 165 pounds i normally go around 190 like you are Mm -hmm. but now i've been putting back weight i'm at 205 i'd like to go back to 220 i was 220 how how tall are you 6'1 okay nice you're tall too yeah but i like i don't care about being as cut as i used to be like I yeah. was probably six or 7% body fat, but it's not yeah. sustainable. It's yeah. so brutal to get down there. It's not fun. Yeah. No, and you not. look sick. Like you're yeah. all sucked in. You look like, sorry, but you look like you have cancer. Yeah. Sorry to say that, but yeah, yeah. no, like you, you look super sick and it is, it's only for like a short period of time. You can't live there. No, no, no. And it's not enjoyable. And, and you know what? There is such a thing as being too ripped. Yeah. 
<laughs> like a 10% body fat to me, beautiful shape. Like 10%, yeah. you stay there all year. That's beautiful. Yeah. You like, you're lean, you look full and you have yeah. energy and sex drive. Especially here. here, especially here. Yeah. When you look at the picture and your face is a V, you yeah. know, you're too, you're too slim. If you look and there's a bit of a U going on. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> tiny bit of chubby cheeks. <clears throat> you look healthier. You look younger yeah. too. You don't look as you see it on bodybuilders when they're, they're on stage, their skin looks like leather. It doesn't yeah. even look like it's real skin anymore. It's just, it's very, very strange. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So let me, I, I have one question for you before we go. Yeah. I asked the same question to everybody I ever spoke to. Yeah. Um, if you had a chance to speak to your 14 year old self, what would you tell him? Oh, same thing I said earlier, man, just taking perfect action and just don't worry. Shit always works out. It does. Eh? Shit does work out. Man, I've been in some crazy scenarios and shit just works out all the time. You think it's the positive aspect, the positive, the positive mindset, should I say? I think so, because it allows you to see opportunities that otherwise you couldn't see if you had a closed mind. And those are those are those situations that actually get you out of things and make things work out. That's beautiful, man. If uh, by the way, if you're ever back in uh, Gatineau, hit me up. I'll come. I'll come see you. That'd be. Uh, do you ever go back to your family? Um, I won't be able to for a little while because um, I'm doing the whole visa process to, to be down oh, here. Oh, right. You can't stuff. leave. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have to like finish all of that first. Yeah. But eventually I'd love to go back when it's like hot. <laughs> I'm trying to skip <laughs> over here. <laughs> we, we had our first snow this morning, so it's not hot. Yeah, no, I, it's not hot. Man, it was like 30 yesterday here. And my, my parents were like, yeah, it's going to snow tomorrow. I was like, yeah, have yeah. fun. <laughs> I'm going to stay here. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I can't wait to leave Canada too. So I understand, but screw your, go screw yourself, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you for being so open with your, with your life journey. I really, really, I love speaking with people that have no, I don't want to say no shame, but that are an open book. Thank mm -hmm. you very much for doing it. Yeah, you're welcome, man. I hope we connected with someone. Thanks again, man. Welcome.